If you worry about what other people think, soon enough, you will be on the sidelines of your life. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. Today, we are going to be talking about something fantastic. And I Wait. am... What? Hang on, Deborah. Hang on, Deborah. Isn't it a podcast takeover? It's our turn and not yours. Today, we're going to be interviewing you. Oh, so first... <laughs> First, sorry guys, hi, I want to introduce myself. I'm Milana Brandwine from Antwerp and I am in the, I'm a jeweler that works in the Antwerp World Diamond Center and I met Deborah uh, in a female leadership course two years ago and we went on an amazing journey together where we cried, we laughed, we got to know each other, we supported each other, we called each other out but we became such amazing friends and such it was such an amazing journey that we feel that it's time to be there and share Deborah's stories. So off to you, Martina. You said everything the way I would say too. So yes, Deborah is an amazing, amazing lady. We met two years ago. We all actually worked together. Uh, for those two years and uh, my name is Martina Fau and I'm from Czech Republic. I'm sitting in Prague while Ilana is in Belgium and Deborah is in Canada and now it's Deborah's turn to share her direct experience with uh, her life in past let's say year. So I, I can't believe we're doing this. I have never had a takeover before. <laughs> um, we were talking on last Thursday and these beautiful ladies who have supported me along the journey have um, called me out along with our friend, Catherine called me out and said, it's time for an intervention. And I'm here to share with you that my past year has, I've tried to be okay. I've tried to show everybody how tough I was, how resilient I was. And uh, <laughs> and I have to tell you, um, my way to move through this world is to, you know, act like everything's normal, want to fix everything, move into task mode, which I thought was working, and I'm learning that it's not. And... Uh, you know, I'm grateful for having these beautiful women to say, Deb, it's, it's time for this to be a change. And um, so a year ago, um, actually an anniversary date today actually is when a day wow. I had to stop everything. Well, isn't that poignant that we're doing this today? Yeah. And an we're releasing it today because I am, uh, as in my normal manner, have to have my regular release schedule and... <laughs> um, I'm, I can feel myself breaking down to share this with all of you that it started about, I had my third booster of COVID in January of 2022. And a week later I had COVID and four weeks later, almost to the day, I started experiencing 
photophobia. And for those of you who don't know what photophobia is, it's um, sensitivity to light. It's a fear of light that in here in Canada, it was wintertime. The snow reflection was blinding. I couldn't walk through normal light, light in my house. My curtains were drawn. I started being a basement dweller um, because I needed to be away from light. Everything was shut down. I wore sunglasses in my house and nobody knew what was going on. They kept thinking, oh, you have dry eyes. That's what causes photophobia. And I started doing eye drops and this eye drop and it didn't improve. And next thing I knew I was in the emergency room and they were trying to test me for migraines. And I'm like, this isn't a migraine. And then I got sent to, had a whole bunch of eye tests and went to a neurologist and he, you know, got me to walk around the room and he's like, there's nothing wrong with you. This is, you're fine. You must have something autoimmune. And I'm like, no, no, no. There is something wrong. And I didn't know what that was. I had other tests, retinal specialist tests, blood work, and fairly for everything that they needed to investigate, it was normal. And it wasn't until June, well, beginning of May, I just said, I need a different neurologist. I sense that there's something wrong. And, you know, I, I tell everybody, thank God I have a nursing background. I knew what questions to ask. I did my research and sometimes that research scares the hell out of you. Uh, and I'm just being honest, it, it scares the heck out of you. And then at the end of May, beginning of June, I started to notice that my eyes started to close on their own, not because I closed them because I wanted to close them, but they started closing. I went on a food bike tour told my friends, I had two girlfriends on either side, Steph and Sherry. And I said, I'm not going to stop living. I need to continue to live. I need to function as normally as possible. And that again, Deborah style. <laughs> and uh, so I did the bike tour and we had stopped at four different restaurants. And by the time I got to the fourth restaurant, I wasn't sure if I could actually bike to my car. I bumped into my friend, Steph, and she's like, everything's okay. She didn't fall off her bike. I didn't fall off mine, but I got to my car and I went straight home. And that's when I stopped driving. I stopped driving from June till end of November. And uh, it takes away all your independence. It takes away your ability to go to the grocery store. It takes away, you know, going to the gym. Thank goodness I have a gym in my basement because, you know, during COVID, I accumulated weights and different things that I could still do that in my own home in darkness. Um, it was a frightening time. And then I started during my research, I had discovered something that called blepharospasm. And I was curious, was that what was going on with me? And I had read about it. I had seen pictures of it in images. And of course, there's different extremes of where people are at on that spectrum of their health with it. I knew that the only solution was Botox into the eye muscles to help relax hypertonic muscle in the eyelids. I did attempt it once. I didn't feel good about it. And I didn't find it effective for myself. Whereas there's some people who live with it every three months, they long to get those injections in their, their eyes. For me, I didn't feel that it was the right thing. And, you know, in July, I had seen two different doctors and they're like, no, 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 you don't, you don't have that. That's not what you have. And you'll notice, and you may, if you've been watching some of the video footage over the past few months, you notice that when I'm not speaking, my eyes will close involuntarily. 
I have a spasm in the eyelids. You might even see a little bit in the face and the muscles, and it's not within my control. The thing that I did learn about blepharospasm is when I'm singing, <laughs> and I forgive all those who listen to me, um, please forgive me. And then when I'm talking, the spasms stop. And blepharospasm, um, according to Dr. Joachim Farias, who I've discovered through someone else's video, and that's why we're doing this footage as well today, because if it wasn't for someone else creating their video, um, I would not have known that there is a potential solution. There's a potential hope um, for there to be some form of recovery. And so in July of 2022, I was out at a lake in Jasper, Alberta, watching family members kayak on, on the lake. And I was standing there watching them because I was so worried about going in the water because I thought I would fall off. And I thought about paddle boarding and there was a paddle board kiosk right behind me. And I had gone up, I waited about seven minutes. That's long as I lasted. For those who know me, I can get it. I'm like, the heck with this. I got to give it a go. And um, I put myself out there into situations and challenged myself. And I went to the paddleboard booth and I explained to the girls that what was going on. And they said, Deborah, all you have to do is focus on your breath. All you have to do is if you feel shaky, focus on your breath. So I said, okay, I'm in. I went and uh, got the most amazing lesson from them. And I went on the water. My family took my glasses, took my sunglasses, which I, I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice. But for that full hour, I had absolutely no symptoms. I was balancing on the paddleboard. I was breathing, focused so much on my breathing because I did feel shaky, but I didn't fall in. And then I started investigating balance. And then I started investigating all these different things. And for 24 hours, I had no symptoms. And I was just, I didn't want to go to bed that night because I thought if I go to bed, the symptoms might be back tomorrow. Whew. And uh, sure enough, the symptoms were back. And then 10 days later, I recognized that I didn't need my sunglasses as much. And I started having a sense of improvement. And I wasn't sure what that was. And then in September, I had seen another doctor. And he, he asked me if I was there for a second opinion. I said, no, I'm just following up with another test. And I asked, I said, you know, I have told people that I think I have blepharospasm. And he says, that's exactly what you have. And hence led to the Botox. And then at the end of December, I thought I really was starting to see improvement. I even, I took a chance after talking to Catherine, who's not with us today. She, I told her I need to drive a longer distance, but I would not take anybody with me. I wanted to drive to my parents' place, which was an hour away. And I did it at seven o'clock in the evening on a snowy winter night, which maybe not for many people, it's the best idea. But for me, I felt inside of me, I felt okay. And I made it and I did great. But after that, I knew that I shouldn't do it that often. <laughs> and then at the beginning of January, I had gone to a professional hockey game and uh, it wasn't the reflection of the ice, but there was flashing cameras along the top of the ceiling and the stimulation from everything. I got to the end of the second period and I'm like, I can't handle this. There's something not right. And I had gone up out 
up to the foyer area and just walked around. And within the next following two weeks, my symptoms came back almost to the beginning of where I was. Now, I, for the past month, I, I have to tell you, I've been a bit frustrated. Um, not necessarily low, but frustrated because I felt like I figured it out, right? That, oh my gosh, I've figured out this big solution. And um, yesterday was probably one of the hardest days I've had in a long time. And I haven't been able to tolerate being on a computer greater than 90 minutes. I uh, was just doing normal cooking and cleaning. And, and by eight, eight o'clock, I started feeling really tired and quarter to nine, I was like done and I was in bed. And, uh, and I was thinking about this since the previous Thursday that, oh my gosh, these girls, they're ready for an intervention. And I'm here to just, it's time to surrender. And I'm, I'm looking forward to because next week, I actually get to work with Dr. Joachim Farias. And if you do get a chance to watch his um, TEDx video about thinking outside the box, and some of his patients like Fred Frederick Beatty with cervical dystonia. So blepharospasm is a dystonia. There is cervical dystonia, hand dystonias, neck dystonias, uh, leg dystonias, ankle spasmodic in the throat. And I and oral mandibular, and I've learned so much since starting his program, October 31st. I'm only in the 11th week. And sometimes these setbacks happen. But I do know that. And one of the phrases I hang on to with great hope is if you've been able to do something before, you can do it again. But it takes patience. And, and for those... What's that? And, and what else will it take? <laughs> it takes patience and it takes, I'm going to say anyone who's going through an ex experience, maybe long haul COVID even, or a form of dystonia or any chronic illness for that matter, that I'm going to ask you to be the most educated patient that you can be. When you think about doctors and the amount of patients that they have, this is a rare neurological condition that five in 100,000 from the stats that I was looking at per year, that they won't know and have necessarily all the answers. And I even joined a Facebook group and some of the stories, they're heartbreaking. People have functional blindness that they can't walk outside without assistance. They can't get their groceries. They can't drive because their eyes stay closed for hours. Fortunately, I are under a minute. I'm going to stop you again. You know that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> because I think this is what we discovered when we were talking to you last week and through talking to you and getting to know you through the program that we did together is that you are extremely educated. You're extremely smart. You're extremely well-read. But what Martina had seen, because she's a human design specialist, and what she had seen in your chart, but you'd also been told, and what we are noticing as women you know, surrounding you, and wanting to help you regain what is your natural ability is that with all that knowledge and with all that wanting to do, the thing is that you didn't do is to just feel, to feel into it. And that's why when you were connecting to your breath, 
you were just relaxing, you weren't thinking, you weren't thinking. And I agree that we have to educate ourselves and a lot of doctors, you know, patient uh, doctors don't always know about these rare conditions. But what is it that you actually need to connect to and feel? And when, when you say that, the first thing that comes to mind is just trusting and taking my knowledge and allowing it to flow through me. And one of the things um, Martina had been talking about was that if you really sit back and think about it, if one of your senses is removed, you have to use the other one. So Martina, I'm going to let you share a little bit more about possibly my design or, or itself in, in what you were thinking about. Because, you know, sometimes I sit here thinking, no one gets it. Yet when I have an open up to others, which, you know, when I don't want to let people know that I'm not doing okay, you don't know that there's solutions around you. So Martina, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your insight. You know, because a hundred people, a hundred life strategies, a thousand people, a thousand life strategies. And we also need to find uh, what is our design, what it's, what it, uh, what it's our life about, how to feel, how to think. And it's very, so as you were talking about uh, that the doctor, you knew that the buttocks was not right for you and you felt it. Do you remember? You said it like 10 minutes ago. I felt it. It was exactly yeah. what you have to be driven through your life because Deborah, uh, you or for, for you audience, Deborah is really extremely, extremely general and very, logical and very big thinker and catalyzator of new ideas and visions and for you for me especially you are like walking library you know everything when you don't know anything when you don't know ask debra you know so your life is a lot about thinking and it's okay your whole design is about to use uh, your brain and use your logic and talk to uh, talk to people in strong ideas and in strong vision. But the truth is that it's very different from what you have to feel for yourself. So what we were talking about is, oh, Deborah, okay, you can use your brain and your logical mind for those who need it. But for you, for yourself, you need to go into your feelings. And maybe this whole thing is not an accident. And this whole thing is about that maybe your eyes are closing down and wants you to feel and wants you to go in your body and wants you to let you just um, experience how it is when you feel, when you can touch something, when you can just feel what's, what's going on, not to think with your head, and in your brain, but uh, with what's going on inside of you, because you are very charismatic. You are the one who needs to do things that you love. This is how your design. You're very strong, you're very powerful, and people love you. And you love to just answer everything uh, on what people ask for you. But now it's time for you, and we care so much about your health, and we really want you to heal yourself for yourself and then for others. So how do you feel all this, what I'm talking about? What's the main message for you and for other people from this whole interview? What, what I'm learning more than anything is 
being able to be. And uh, the reason I say that is part of the process, you know, this was months ago, I think it was in August where Catherine said, Deborah, I think you need to stop reading. Deborah, I think you need to do restorative yoga. And anyone who's known me at that time, I had only done three yoga classes in my life because I disliked it. I could not lay there. I would be in one position. I'd be like looking at the door, ready to run Um, because I felt a restlessness, this I needed to get away from. And she goes, I think you should try restorative yoga. And I remember the night I took a picture of, I I had put my mat outside. I had uh, set everything um, outside. It was a beautiful summer night. And I put my computer out there and uh, I was going to be ready to, you know, do this restorative yoga. It was 35 minutes. And uh, as I was doing it, I (laughs) was looking at the clock two minutes. Oh, five minutes. Oh, 17 minutes. I'm like, Oh my gosh, can I just relax and, and do this? And by the time I got to 30 minutes, it took me 30 minutes to actually enjoy the last five. And I had shared that with uh, Dr. Farius in his online program. And he said, Deborah, you need this more than you know, you are restless. And I have to tell you, um, after several months of doing some restorative yoga, I actually um, actually enjoy restorative yoga. The other day, my daughter asked me to go to a yin flow yoga. And I wasn't sure because, you know, I had said something to Dr. Farius on the platform. And I'm like, should I be trying any other yogas? He's like, no, you need to try this. But I went with her because it was really meaningful for me to go with her. And as I was doing it, I totally could feel that I was not ready for it. I could feel at times, like there's parts that were, you know, very settled. And I was like, oh, I can do this. It's pretty good. And then there was times I started looking at the door because I could feel it again, that I'm not ready. I could feel inside of me that I should feel, and I was, I was started that shooting, right? You should feel stronger. You should be able to handle this. Come on, Deb, this is basic. And then I learned that I wasn't able to handle the basic, but I've learned to embrace yoga, even though it's a work in progress. Um, But I know it helps. And through Dr. Farius's program and through my leadership training with you guys this past couple of years. And even four years ago, when I was training for my marathon, I learned that my breathing was an issue. I was fully inhaling, but not totally exhaling. That means I'm hanging on to part of that breath and I'm not able to release. So it's almost like you're in a tension. And with blepharospasm, Dr. Farias jokes that he, you know, he, there isn't a, it's like an allergy to stress, which I believe all people <laughs> probably have an allergy to stress somewhat, but for some reason, my body is, or not tolerating stress right now. And there is this imbalance between the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain. So other things that I need to encourage to do is swimming and dancing and listening to music and neurostimulation and neuro relaxation. And I'm, I'm learning Qigong and Tai Chi. And I'm like, wow, who knew (laughs) that I'm even doing Shaolin Kung Fu. And I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever it takes. And now when you guys said it's time for intervention, I was like, all right, I need to just surrender. 
I think so. And I think the universe has been telling you that, Deborah. I think it's been telling you, you know, and I, I, we live in Europe and I think the culture in North America and Canada is very do, 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 succeed, 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 achieve, 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 so you can prove yourself. But what we forget is that if we, if we don't listen to our bodies and to our feelings and don't stop, our bodies will always show a way to say, hey, now it's time to listen to me and it's time to relax and it's time to just surrender, like you said, yeah. and let it go. Yeah. And, you know, it's not unusual. There are many books, Gabor Mote and a uh, number that I have on my shelf that the body, the cost of hidden stress, the body knows um, that. And even, you know, with Dr. Farias, he says that there's usually something that has happened prior to some of this stuff could be even from childhood, that how I reacted maybe to a situation or what they refer to as like a cortical shock. Um, and I'm not going to get into the jargon. He does have a book called Limitless. I would recommend that you go to his website, Dr. Uh, Joachim Farias. There's tons of information. He has scientific studies on working with dystonias because he's had dystonia himself and had to heal himself. And I've learned so much <laughs> in this process. Um, and yes, I, my default is research. My default is learning as much as possible. And I do have a library of books beside me. Um, I love reading. And prior to all of this, I used to read one to two books a week. Maybe some of it, I will admit, could be a little bit of an escape because I, I love hearing people's stories. And I think this is why I do the podcast as well, is I want to interview, I want to share my own knowledge. And, um, but when the girl said it's time for an intervention, I said, here, here, here's the thing. I have, do have some conditions for you though. I will do what you say. However, I have three podcast interviews that are coming out in the next few weeks. I still have to edit them, but I want to honor the, the, the people I have interviewed. They have done amazing books written uh, and they have amazing stories that I need to honor. And if people who know me know that I like to keep my commitments to whatever cost. And sometimes that cost isn't always the best thing, but I keep my promises and I like to stay consistent. So this will be the first time. Well, not necessarily because last May I did stop the video portion. I didn't stop the audio portion, but they challenged me to no reading, which, Oh my gosh, I don't know. However, I do have, allocation to practice my Italian because I'm learning Italian <laughs> and also another program that I'm shadowing I can use the textbook for those purposes only and I will be honoring those podcasts so they will be released like you won't even know that I'm gone but my content on my social media will change and I'll let the girls share with you a little bit more what they've challenged me to and I'm not sure I would love to hear your messages because I'm not sure I'm how I'm going to handle this because it's going to be complete withdrawal <laughs> So I think the first thing I want to say is that for the years that you've shared your podcast and you've interviewed all these people and you've given a platform to all these people, you interviewed me as well about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I think it was my first podcast interview. And I have to say, being a European and not used to coming up online and talking, you actually made the process so easy and you helped shift me into becoming comfortable into starting my own podcast, actually. 
So I think you deserve to know, the, to have the credit for that. And I think all the attention that you've given to everybody else, I think it's time to give it to yourself. And what we've challenged you to do is to share your journey of learning to feel again and to connecting to your body and breath. Yeah. But anyway. um, oh. Really show who you are, like really show your authenticity to others, to give them the hope that if they are going through the same or similar uh, journey, they really have hope for some healing. There is a chance, there is really maybe some long and hard work on it, but it doesn't mean that there is no end. So this is very important to know that the life is not perfect. The life is authentic. The life is ours. And we all have some journey we are going through. And through sharing this journey, we are getting stronger. And then we more understand to each other as people. So we really challenge you to show how beautiful you are. What's more, oh. Deb? <laughs> oh, What's boy. Thank you for that. I'll have to tell you the first thing that came up is um, in, in July, I went with my daughter to a taste of Edmonton and she basically had to, you know, have her arm around mine walking through everything where you go to sample all the foods. And she said, mom, people are staring at you. And I said, I know, I know they are. I know they will because they don't understand. And, uh, I know we have to help people to seek to understand. Um, some people don't take the moment to try and find out, right? They probably have all these different thoughts of going through their head. And I'll have to tell you, the past year probably was more of survival than ever, anything, thinking that I was thriving. I even did a half marathon um, because I wanted to keep everything normal. And nobody would know that morning except for my friend, Tyla, who actually said, you know, Deb, I haven't been training very much. Why don't we walk it? Because I originally was supposed to run and I wasn't able to train. So we went to the, do the half marathon. It took us four hours, but no one knows. I walked into a wall at the hotel that morning. I almost walked into a ditch. I walked into an evergreen tree and I was determined to finish. And I finished and I got the medal and people saw the picture with the medal and they didn't know what it took to do it. And, uh, you know, in May, when I had stopped doing the video in September, I thought, it, I thought, oh, I'm doing better. October, I'm doing better. And I thought, maybe I'll start video again. And then I started watching the video and watching my eyes close whenever I would pause when the speaker would speak more. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go back just to do audio. Maybe I should stop doing all these things. And it's not that I wanted to stop. It was, I didn't want people to see me. <laughs> I didn't want people to see that my eyes were closing or my face was making spasms. And then I stopped and told myself, but this is where you are on your life journey. And you don't know if this is a forever thing or something that might get worse based on the spectrum of the people I've seen. But I do know I got better and I do know I can do it again. And I keep reminding myself that even if I have a sliver of hope, even if I have an opportunity to educate or inspire someone else to keep going, that I will do so. And I think that vulnerability 
that is starting to come through, which we saw in the course, uh, in our leadership program, is really your power, Deborah. Because you have that kind, vulnerable, good energy that just needs to come through. They can do so much for others. And this is so lovely energy that really, it's like holding on your arms a lot of people with self-love, you know, encouraging people to do the things. You are still there. You are still there for everybody. Mm -hmm. So now, now it's time to receive. It's time to receive help. And it's the message not only for you. I'm not telling this only to you or to Ilana, but to everybody. We really need to be able to receive so we can get. This is this is exchange. This is energetic exchange in our world. So now it's time for you to experience something else than until today. So now maybe it's time for you to open the door to your feelings to feel what's going on, how beautiful person you are, to receive all the love from people. And you are to deserve it through your journey and sharing your authenticity. So this is the best, maybe what could happen for now. You never know, we never know, just be. As Martina always says to me, when we're talking about my design or we've become, all of us have become good friends. So we share parts of our lives with each other, our daily struggles or our wins. Martina always says to me, Ilana, the universe is very smart. And it's funny because whenever I'm having a tough moment, I'm like, oh, Martina said that. That's true. There's a lesson. There is something. There's a gift here. I don't know what it is yet, but it will show up. And allowing hasn't been a strength of mine. <laughs> um, and I'll have to tell you, in, in January, I was able, you know, post-COVID, my first speaking engagement in Rokenville, Saskatchewan, just being on stage again, being able to share my message with people, you know, actually the symptoms weren't there while I was, you know, doing my thing because I felt completely in flow. But the such heartwarming feeling and the giving that I received from that audience alone, I received, you know, some earrings my friends surprised me with. And that first word that came to me during that weekend was, allow. And that is something I'm definitely working on is allowing and being able to feel what people do for me. Because for me, I just feel natural that I want to help people. I love people. I love helping them step into their potential. That's what I truly feel that I'm here to do. And that's my purpose. And I will do whatever I can to do that. And even move into the task mode and maybe, maybe honestly, forget about myself. And my eyes have shown me that I need to continue to go within, continue to allow, um, you know, for people who are like, well, you could say no to this intervention. You could say no. <laughs> if you know Deborah's style, I experiment with everything in life. I do, you know, as much as I feel um, in alignment with myself to attempt anything once. I'm not into drugs or things like that. So I'm, there's, you know, I have boundaries, but I'm willing to do what, to experience fully what life has to offer me. And, and I want to encourage people to do the same. What would happen if 
you know, my daughter said she wanted me to go to something the other day. And I don't know about the TV show that she loves. You know, she loves The Office and it was a dinner theater. And I don't know much about the show, but it was something that was really important to her. And the next day she said, you know, I would just like everybody to at least experience it because it's something I like. And I said, but I did. I went there and allowed myself with no judgment to be open to the experience because I didn't know about it. And that's how I think we need to approach life as well is what if it's something that unlocks that new hobby? What is leads you to a new career or opportunity? But if you already put resistance to possibility, you don't know what's going to be available to you. And then when you guys call the intervention, I'm like, Oh, here you are. The boomerang effect has just come back. At you. <laughs> you know what's coming up on my mind? Like, what's new Deborah's style? What can be new Deborah's style based on the intervention intervention uh, you've been going through right now? Right. You know, um, new, enhanced, maybe. Um, you might see me cry more often. <laughs> don't know but it's I foresee the next this is what I'm just going to put out there is a bold uh, my word of the year is relentless um, unapologetic form of Deborah emerging over the next few weeks (laughs) of this challenge and uh, serving in a bigger way I am here for service I am here to help others and that's my my duty to the world to show up as my best self and for everyone listening it's it's your obligation to be your best self it totally is and I don't know you may call it a mask you may call it you know survival it's whatever you call it all I'm knowing is I have to let all guards down now because I intend to move through this with grace I intend to move through this and allow myself to experience everything I can experience. And I'm <laughs> I'm going to be open to feeling based on this intervention. <laughs> love to hear it. <laughs> we love. We love yeah, to hear it. Yeah. As and our friend ready. Susan always said, we are never done. Yeah. There's always something to experience. Ilana, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And I was just going to say, I think another be- another beautiful thing to come out of this is, you know, you're, um, there's a lot of women in our lives who are there to support us. I'm not saying they're all like that, but they are. And I think if we allow that and we get together as women, where we allow each other to be vulnerable and authentic and real, you know, in the sense that we can call each other out on our bullshit because all of us have it, yeah. you know. It's a really powerful fo- force for growth, for happiness. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, yeah, happiness, joy in life. You know, whatever we're going through. I had a tough day today at work and getting here together with both of you has already shifted my energy. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. We need each other. We, yeah. we do need each other. And I really had to give myself permission to say, it's okay to share wherever you are along the journey. Um, and the other thing is that for people listening and watching is 
you know, we're concerned about other people's judgments so much, but without realizing how much you're judging yourself. Cause I know I have been really hard on myself, <laughs> um, wanting to get things right, wanting to have, you know, maybe it's perfectionist. I keep saying I'm recovering. Um, but to move judge, move from judgment to really being in that place of curiosity. And I wrote a book on it. So it, it needs to be a reminder to myself to stay in the place of curiosity and being open to those experiences and removing that judgment. Judgment hinders us so much from the person beside us to the opportunities to being kind to ourselves to move with grace. Yeah. And I think that's what you're talking about judgment. I don't know how you've experienced it, Martina, but I'll sh just share a little bit for your listeners is I'm in a small Jewish community in Antwerp Diamond Center where we all know each other. We're all competing with each other. And I wasn't able to show up authentically whilst working, going on camera, all of that. But in the last year, it's shifted and it's such a different experience. My whole life is changing with that. Wow. So and it's true. <laughs> and no, and it's true. You know, when we're judging others, we are just judging ourselves, really. And it's what we've been taught. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to come to Belgium and Antwerp and experience you in your full, full essence. <laughs> Oh, you're coming. And Martina's coming too. We're going to have a team building. Oh, I love <laughs> Just a I day of it. allowing and indulging ourselves with chocolates, diamonds, and massages. Oh, <laughs> I'm in. And, and some human design. Love it. <laughs> love it. So Martina, how about, what's your viewpoint on judgment? Since we're pulling out this, pulling out the stops I today. It's great to be, I always talk about energy and I'm just saying why to put energy into observing others in a way to judge them. You know, we just need to really be careful with our energy. And it's so great uh, to work with our capacity to work on ourselves, on developing our environment, our families with no judgment. Because when you see someone face you never know what story is behind this face. So it's, and, and just working for many, many, many years as a coach, I just know how sometimes you see someone, you can judge for anything, but everybody has own story. And what I know, all stories are so powerful. There is always a long way that form us. And if someone comes to, for any advice, it means that we are growing. So it's just so great to watch ourselves, save our energy, relax, you know, and just to believe that people that are around us are the ones who should be around us because universe knows why is sending those people <laughs> yeah. to your coldness. <laughs> Isn't that true? And, and I'm just going to add on to that. My friend Shara, who I interviewed um, with her, her journey, she expressed to me, you know, we were talking about, I wanted to, because she's a trainer, a strength trainer, and she's worked with MMA fighters and just an, an amazing story. Um, but what I wanted to ask her is, how do you feel about the person who takes the selfie at the gym? You know, and she said, I think people need to be careful. 
because we don't know the story. Why are they taking that picture? You know, often people say, well, that's narcissistic. No, you don't know what it took them to get there. Maybe that picture is a reminder of the, that they're just showing up, that they moved out of maybe an abusive relationship, or they finally started taking care of themselves and they're liking who they see. So, you know, when I think about those selfies and people, people posting them, I say, go for it, do it. Posting your meal. It's, you know, I've had people, I've posted meals, then people are sending me messages for recipes. Like, you know, for, for some people, it's not the right, but then it's not the right audience. It's not the right person. And, you know, we can't be all things to all people is another thing that I also learned. Um, not, and it's not that I didn't know that, there's a thing of knowing, and then there's a thing of, okay, I got to use this discernment living. Mm, and living it. And I think one of the books, and I'm not reading it right now, because I just have a little bit left, but one of the books that I had, you know, I went to a thrift store, store and I realized that books speak to me and I bring them home and I wonder why, why did this book, why did I feel I needed to take this book home? And the book I had been reading is called Awakening the Intuition. And I think this is part of what this takeover is about, is being able to tap into that inner trust, that inner knowing, and knowing that I have all of this information. I am kind of like a walking encyclopedia, but now to be able to feel the words and the knowledge that I have to bring it out to everyone as well in a different form. Yeah, and I think even when you are doing, like for me, when I'm doing my business, it's like having been able to tap into my intuition has also been very, very um, altering to everything that's happening in my business and my life. Like you see synchronicities showing up all the time, yeah. all the time. When you know this customer, that's not going to work. Yeah, that's just not going to that's just not aligned. And to be able to say, no, I don't want to do that. But we're afraid to say that because we think, oh, we're going to lose a potential customer. We're right. going to lose a potential income. But actually being able to see that when you're connected to your intuition is just opening doors to other people to come towards you who are more aligned in your with you, yeah. you know, so. The more you connect, like when I connect into that, I, I have dreams that are telling me things. Yeah. You know, and we have been so shut off from all of that through all this knowledge and achievement and, you know, having to show up as a business people or mothers or friends, like being perfect, like you say. Yeah. We lose that sensitivity. And what is very, very important for you, Deborah. In your case, it's really one thing is to think something about situation or about what's going on. But the other thing is to feel what do you feel about it. So for you, in your case, especially, it's so healthy. Stop uh, questioning yourself. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? But really start to ask, how do I feel? How do you feel? How do I feel? And really use the word feel because feelings and emotions, they guide you in your life, in your design. So you can also ask other people who are around you to ask you, how do you feel about it? And this yeah. is maybe from the beginning, it's only the word, like word, oh, feeling, emotions. Okay, okay. How do I, what do I think about my feelings? Okay, maybe it's a beginning, 
yeah. you know then it goes through the feeling in your body something more what you cannot think about and that's the difference yeah and one of the things that I've learned just from talking with you guys last week is doing that body scan and understanding where where do I feel the tension what is it attempting to tell me you know to in and it impacts how you make decisions and I know you know I know guys listen to this show as well and they're like oh I don't want to tap into feelings and the soft stuff but I I will (laughs) tell you based on my experience it is very attractive to and I'm not saying sappy necessarily but it's very attractive for to have a man share their feelings and it doesn't have to go dive deep. It, it's just saying, I feel vulnerable. I feel sad. I feel happy. I get excited when I do this. And it's okay to express that. It is very attractive to hear someone stand in who they are and be able to share how they're feeling about things. And that's interesting that you're saying that because I'm in a very <laughs> male-dominated domin- male industry and I keep sharing that where I'm often told, Elana, there is no room for feelings. There is no room for emotion here. But I've tried to hide that part of myself. That didn't really work. (laughs) Because the more I tried, the worse it got. So, you know, I'd have like little outbursts of emotions and then it was worse, worse. So I realized, no, you know, I built my business on emotion, on connecting with my customers, on connecting with the human I'm working with. I may be creating jewelry, something very uh, superficial, some might say, but you still have to capture their story and their essence. So I refuse to stop doing that, you know? And I think I was speaking to Theo, who was in our group as well, in our leadership group. And she said yesterday something very interesting to me. She said, a lot of men need to heal from the last centuries of how they have been brought up to be. Mm-hmm. very fascinating it's it always the human condition fascinates me understanding people fascinates me um knowing that there is a shift even the most recent interviews i have had there is definitely a shift in the way people need to approach things and their openness to new ideas and and everything and um it this alone this takeover has you know intervention whatever we want to call it exposure (laughs) um release there's so many words that come to mind that i know it's going to be transformative i want to honor all of the listeners and viewers of my channel if you haven't subscribed please do there will be more content but know that for the next three weeks, potentially four based on the girl's assessment here. Um, there, There is going to be a halt. If you catch me posting anything that seems like I created content, feel fair game to say, hey, Deb, you're supposed to be taking care of yourself. And um, But there will be content released. Like I said, I am honoring the following interviews. And uh, I have asked for permission to, um, with a challenge, to come back on the week of my birthday to celebrate with you some of my learnings, some of the things that I see myself going forward with, and um, committing to not reading anything extra for the next few weeks, which, again, will be withdraw, um, because I love books and I'm a tea addict, so they go hand in hand. 
Um, but I want to thank you all for watching and share and listening to this takeover. If you know somebody who's maybe going through a chronic condition or has a dystonia or blepharospasm, I encourage you to share this with them, to give them some hope, to know that there's people around them that care about them and, I'll, and get them to allow themselves to let people help them. And uh, it doesn't mean that you can't be independent. <laughs> you just got to shift gears. It's just so sorry, I have to say this, Ilana, first. This is so fascinating to watch your new authentic Deborah style. I really has goosebumps, no matter what you're saying. This is exactly what women, men, world need. It's I feel like <laughs> so yeah. 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 And I want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to do this. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for your vulnerability. And know that it's really very much appreciated. And I think you have come full circle. Oh my goodness. So we care about you. <laughs> In the notes, I will be pointing to these beautiful girls and their businesses um, just because they need a shout out to knowing that no matter what they're doing in their lives, they they care about people. They care about service and very unique um, personalities. And really, I am so grateful for both of you and Catherine and all the ladies in our leadership who've nudged me to move into this healing, move into this intervention. Uh, I will be seeing a few others later this week in person. And um, I know the journey is not over and I am going to overcome blepharospasm. I will heal myself as I continue along this journey. And I thank you for your grace and patience with me. And, you know, when you observe my eyes closing and stuff, not to cringe, but to be curious. Well, that's a wrap unless Martina and Ilana, you want to uh, add any final words before we sign off? I think we can talk for hours. So I think <laughs> we can do another podcast Thank in a few for this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so take your break and be back again with your unique, authentic journey, Deb. This is what everybody wishes. Oh, Thank you, everyone. And of course, I would love for you to go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com. Um, after the takeover, you'll see, you know, more blogs and continuing on with the interviewing and sharing my story a little bit more of this journey of blepharospasm and also just the content that's in my head to let it allow to flow through me to you to let you be your best self. As always, as Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world and go out and make today great.